your hymn books and let's join in that beautiful song joy to the world the lord is come let's sing it out joy to the world the lord is come let us Then we'll open in prayer, and I better get out of here before I'm trapped up here. Jesus came to us. 
God who can be touched with the feelings and the burdens that we bear. He said, if you'll come to me, I'll give you rest and take your care. He's reaching out to you right now, and he is listening when you call. Cast your cares upon him, for he wants to take them all. That's why he came to us. He took on flesh and became a man. That's why he came to us. So we could know, we would understand. Our every joy and grief, our pain and relief, every heartache we go through. Yes, Jesus came to us, so we could know He knew. And so He came to us, He took on flesh. Do you? 
Let's just take a moment and uh, bow our heads and ask God to bless the rest of the service. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for each song that has been sung so far. And Lord, we're thankful that the music that is here tonight is not just that which pleases uh, the outward man, but one that brings praise to the God of heaven. Lord, we're here to worship you tonight through song. And, Lord, in a few moments through the preaching of your word, and we ask that you bless each part, be honored and glorified in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to hear more from the Crown College Choir. The, I, is that okay to call you the Crown College Choir, even though you're just a little tiny part? Okay, we'll just pretend tonight, all right? Uh, we haven't seen the whole group, and so we'll just pretend you're the choir tonight, and I'll tell you we've enjoyed that. And uh, uh, when Brother Zinker called me a couple of weeks ago, we just stopped the thing. And I said, well, Brother Clayton's here and the choir's here. I said, we, we just got to have a service. Amen. And uh, uh, I asked Brother Clayton before the service, I said, did you bring your harmonica? And he said, yeah. He said, but you don't want me playing Fire on the Mountain tonight, do you? I said, yeah, we wouldn't mind. Amen. But no, he said he'd come and play uh, a hymn for us. And uh, so... Uh, Brother Clayton, why don't you come and just play that force, uh, whatever the Lord laid on your heart. I think he said something about all hail the power of Jesus' name, which is one of the greatest Christmas carols ever written. And as soon as he's done, then we're going to have the choir come back up and sing to us, okay? And then we're going to get you to preach in just a little bit. Okay. I'd like to have, uh, Ted, I'd like to have this one right here. Can I do that? Are you able to do that? Turn it on. No, it's on. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? All right, very good.
Well, that was good, wasn't it, huh? Amen. Our college choir, boy, such a blessing. Uh, I just, uh, I want to play tonight, uh, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name, and then I'll try to change to send the light. Now, they say that if uh, you miss one practice, then you'll know it. And they say if you miss two practices, then all the musicians in the place, they'll know it. But if you miss three practices, everybody will know it. And so since I haven't had any practices at all, you're going to have to kind of hang in there with me. And if I make a mistake, don't punch anybody and laugh, all right? Because that will make me mad. And I don't want to get mad at you. <laughs> all right. Just a little old harmonica here. Thank <laughs> you. 
Every place I preach, they have a different one of these. They must have a million different manufacturers of, of lapel mics. But it's good to be here tonight. We were so excited about being here, knowing that Crown College and Crown Workers would be here this week. And uh, we're so excited about that. We, of course, miss Brother Sexton not being here. And, uh, but uh, we are very happy to be able to be here. And you, uh, you folks, you look at these young people here tonight. They are dedicated their lives to the Lord. You know, with that kind, of a, that kind of a group, you have to say that we have a bright future. You know that? And uh, my, we thank God for them. Every one of them dedicated their lives to an area of service to God. And I hope that you'll remember them in your prayers. Maybe you can't go to Crown College. Maybe you can't go as a missionary. But you could pray for these that God has called to go and uh, be a blessing to them. You be sure and shake their hands now after it's over with. And and get acquainted with them. And maybe you can write down some names in your Bible that you could remember to pray every day that God would bless them and use them in the work that God has called them. And then, of course, we're excited to be here with the Montoros and the church. We thank God for this church and its growth and its blessing. And almost every time we come here, we find somebody new that's recently been saved. And uh, that excites us. Amen. But we also see the folks that have been here week after week after week for many, many years serving God here in this place. And we're thankful for that tonight. And I'm so happy to see you again and uh, be here. Then I'm excited about uh, seeing all these uh, kids, the Marshall kids and the Marshall grandkids, because John Marshall and I are great friends. We don't get together very many times, but one of these days we're going to get together in heaven and we're going to go out to coffee for a thousand years. And uh, we used to do that when we were, we were traveling on the road, the Marshalls and the Claytons would get together, and John and I would go out to coffee. And we'd sit and talk about everything, you know. And, uh, but it's a good thing to be able to have fellowship with God's people. Amen? And if you don't know somebody here tonight, get acquainted with them. And uh, I'm sure there'll be somebody that you'll remember for many, many years to come. All right, if you're turning your Bibles with me, please, tonight to Isaiah chapter 7, one verse there, and you might know the verse, verse 14, Isaiah 7, 14. Maybe you've memorized it. If you have, turn to it anyhow. And, of course, we're happy to be here tonight because our granddaughter is here and her fiancé, and we're happy to have them here tonight, and they've dedicated their lives to the work of the Lord, and they're working about setting some dates and we're excited about that. You know, uh, it's been a long time since the Claytons have had any babies around the house. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing all these marriages of our grandkids and enjoying our, grand, uh, our great-grandbabies. And, uh, you know, I mean, kids are good, right? Amen? And then your grandkids come along and you say, Man, I should have had them first. And, uh, and then I'm sure the great-grandkids are going to be just that much more accelerated in our joy and happiness. Of course, I'm glad to see Gary here tonight, Gary Lucas and our old-time friendship. John, Johnny Vincent's here tonight, and I don't know why I'm happy to see him or not, but he's here tonight. And uh, John and I go back a lot of years down in Florida and a lot of good memories and good times. And, you know, uh, I mean, you know, I told someone last night, I said, you know, it's heaven here and heaven there. 
I wouldn't trade my Christian experience, my Christian life for anything in this world uh, because I've been able to meet some of the finest people and enjoy some of the finest times of fellowship than anybody could possibly enjoy. My wife and I are overjoyed in our service to the Lord and the years that have piled up, 53 of them now, in preaching the gospel around the world. And uh, wherever we go, we meet people that we've seen before somewhere and know that we're going to be able to enjoy in heaven forever. I'll tell you, that's, that's heaven here. It is to me. I don't know about you, but it's heaven here. And then, of course, after all of it's over with, and we conk out somehow with cancer or uh, getting run over by a steam truck or something, uh, we we got heaven to look forward to throughout eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ and with one another forever. And that's going to be good. Amen? I hope that you will. No kidding, you'll pray for these college kids that God will bless them and pray for our grandkids that God will use them. Now, all these girls are looking for husbands. They're one of them. Is that right, girls? Oh, they're not going to say anything. Now, this is their, this is their prospect. You know what I mean? So they really do need your prayers. You know what I mean? <laughs> Amen. Somebody said, girls, it's better to wish you were an old maid. I mean, it's better to be an old maid as wish you were one. They'll dawn on you after a while. You know? And uh, you better watch out who you double-team with in life. Amen? Even if you have to wait a hundred years like Gary Lucas has done. Amen? <laughs> but uh, well, it's a good thing to be in God's house tonight. And Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 will start us tonight. I don't know how long I'm going to preach. Preach didn't say how long. And you that are crowned know that when I get up to preach down there, Brother, Brother Sexton says, Brother Clayton, preach as long as you want to. And I usually preach a long time. But I probably won't preach long tonight. But uh, we're going to have a good time in the Scriptures and see some good things out of the Word of God. Therefore, the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. All right, now, back in the book of Luke. Chapter 1, 2, and 3, I don't know how long we'll be there, but we're going to go back in the book of Luke. And I would like to preach to you tonight why I celebrate Christmas. Why I celebrate Christmas. Now, I love to celebrate. Man, I'm always ready for a party. You can ask Carrie about that. When I come home, the first thing I say, let's have a party. And uh, we don't call it a, we don't call it a, a party. We call it a Clayton Clan commotion. And if you ever went to a Clayton Clan commotion, you'd want you'd you'd be very very careful about ever getting involved in another one. It's a it's kind of something like the wedding of Lily Marlene. <laughs> oh, some of you know that one, don't you? All right, but uh, these young people don't know that good stuff in the past, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, we always have a good time when we get together. Why not? Amen. Have a good time. Let the good times roll. I mean, I'm kind of that built that way. My, my wife says, boy, you are so emotional when it comes to them kind of things. Well, I know I am. I mean, if somebody says, yippee, I holler, whoopee, you know, I mean, I like to celebrate. And I like to celebrate Christmas. Now, I know there's a lot of people talk about Christmas and say, you ought to celebrate it. Some people say, well, you ought to celebrate it because 
the Druids worshipped a tree, and you've got a Christmas tree, and that goes back to the Druids. I don't know who the Druids were. I think it was a, a baseball team from the Bronx. But uh, anyhow, the Druids supposed to worship a tree. Well, I don't worship a tree. And they say that on the tree, the Druids had gold and silver ornaments. Well, isn't any of us rich enough to have gold and silver ornaments on a tree? Our stuff's made out of plastic, amen? I mean, I celebrate Christmas not because the Druids had a tree. Let the Druids have a tree, amen? The Democrats even have trees, amen? Even your senator <laughs> has a tree. Sometimes I think she would like to divorce him, but... Uh, <laughs> all right, but, uh, you know, so the Druids have a tree. I, I celebrate Christmas anyhow. And, and there's some reasons why. I know that there are some people say, well, it's a pagan holiday. And uh, you ought to celebrate it because... I don't celebrate Christmas because it's a pagan holiday. Let the pagans have their holiday. And I'll tell you right now that I think they ought to say Merry Christmas at Merry Christmas time. And if they don't say Merry Christmas at Merry Christmas time, let them have their own holiday. Amen? Celebrate something else. Whatever it is. The birthday of Mickey Mouse or something. Whatever it is. I don't care. But don't mess with mine. Amen? Because I like, I, like, I like Christmas. I wish they'd start Christmas at the 4th of July. And celebrate it the whole way to the last part of January. I mean, I like Christmas. I like the songs they sing. I like the music of Christmas. We went last night to a concert, and they sang that song that y'all, Julie used to sing. What was that? Be, Be Thou My Vision. You had a, they, the Marshalls have a, uh, a acapella tape, uh, where they, or CD, where they sing that song. I'll tell you, it's dollars on it, but that's okay, amen? But it's absolutely beautiful. And they sang that song, and I thought, boy, it's too bad that we don't sing that kind of stuff all the time, amen? I mean, I go into a store, and they have music on it that's, uh, that's good Christmas music, and I mean, it livens everybody up. I mean, at Christmas time, more people got smiles on their faces than any other time of the year. Of course, if you're one of those old Indian face cronies, and you've heard them before, just be just be nice about it and, and, and laugh at his jokes. I heard the other day about this guest preacher that went to this church to preach, and and uh, uh, after the sermon's over, everybody stood up in line to shake his hand and tell him how great he was. You know, that's the biggest lie I ever told in the church. You know, everybody line up and tell this preacher how, and probably most of them didn't like a thing he said. You know. And there's a little old woman with a hat on and a feather in her hat, and she came up to the guest preacher and she said, Worst sermon I ever heard in my life. And she went on. He looked at her like that, you know. Everybody else was saying how great it was, you know. And the person looked up and here she came again. Same hat, same feather, same woman. And she was walking through the line again and she said, I didn't understand a thing you said, not a thing you said. Well, okay, that's your opinion, you know. Have your own opinion, I guess. And pretty soon at the end of the line, here she comes the third time. And she says, I hope you never come back. I hope you never come back to our church. <clears throat> well, that time, the guest preacher punched the pastor and said, You see that little woman going that hat and the feather? He said, Yeah, I see her. He said, Well, she said some things to me. Oh, he said, Don't pay her any attention. 
She doesn't have a mind of her own. She just goes around and repeating what everybody else says. Amen. So, but anyhow, they were gracious about it. But I like Christmas, don't you? I enjoy And so it's right for all of you to go out before you go from New York City and buy me a great big nice present for Christmas. Amen. And my wife has a list of my sizes. And, uh, but anyhow, I like Christmas. I like the idea of giving, don't you? I mean, I like the thing of giving presents to people. And I mean, I enjoy the giving more than I even do the getting. One of the reasons why somebody buys me something that never fits, it's never what I want. I mean, you know what I mean? And you've got to keep the thing. You've got to put it somewhere in the house. And it usually has to be visible. Because, you know, you, somebody bought it for you. So I tell everybody, don't buy me anything. I don't want anything. I just... And don't send me a Christmas card. I hate Christmas cards. You know what? That's wholesale sentiment to me. I'd rather you write a, a little note on a scrap of a brown paper bag and send it to me than I would have some wholesale sentiment somebody wrote somewhere for American greetings that they get paid for and don't mean a thing to you, you know. Most people just sign their name and send it to you. Well, I mean, I'd rather you say, Brother Clayton, you know, God bless you, I love you, I'm praying for you, or something, you know, or take me out to eat or something. I like that a whole lot better than a, than a Christmas card. But I love Christmas. I mean, I like Christmas. Now, I'm going to tell you tonight several reasons why I really like Christmas. And the first one is, I love Christmas because it's true. It's true. It really happened, you know. I mean, it really happened. Amen. I mean, unto us the Son was given. Amen. I mean, the Bible says He was a virgin-born Son of the living God. I mean, if you look at all the Scriptures in the book of Luke that announce His coming... I'm just reading today about all the announcements. You know, it was the angels in chapter 1, verse 26 and 27 that came to, to Mary and announced to her that she was going to have the Christ child. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, come on, can you, can you get that feeling? You girls ought to be able to understand a feeling like that because I'm sure that you're looking forward to the day when you have your firstborn. I mean, it's, it's something else. Amazing how God brings to us little children into our homes. I mean, the whole thing is a miracle, isn't it? I mean, physically, it's all a miracle. It's all done. I mean, it's great. You look at Ted's new baby boy there. Where is he? Is he in here? Or is he in the nursery? Ought to have him out here so you can hold him up. I mean, he's the cutest kid you ever saw in your life. And the most miraculous thing is he looks like Ted. Can you imagine that, being beautiful and still looking like Ted? He does look like his father, amen. In the Philippines, they say father, amen. And, uh, I mean, uh, it, really, it really is a marvelous thing. And to think that the announcement came to Mary, that she's going to have the Christ child. What did I say that was? That's verse 26 and 27 of chapter 1, isn't it? And the sixth angel, uh, and the, I'm sorry, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city uh, of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. This is a beautiful story here. I'll tell you, it's just beautiful. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, 
Thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. How would you like to be somewhere? And all of a sudden, kerblunk, an angel comes up. I mean, he said to her, Hail. I mean, he, he, he greeted her with an honorable greeting. And verse 29, And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation it would be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Wow. Just think of that. I mean, a little virgin girl that had never officially been married and all of a sudden an angel comes and says, you're going to have a baby. Well, every girl wants to have a baby, but she wants to have it legitimately. Amen? I know there's a lot of illegitimate births, but if that girl had a choice, she would have a good husband for that baby she's going to have a child with. And all of a sudden the angel comes and says to her, you know, you're going to have a child. Think of such an announcement to her. I mean, if you can comprehend a little bit about the feeling and the emotion and the mood that went along with this occasion. I mean, put yourself in Mary's shoes here and think of this thing. I mean, conceive in your mind the idea that what she had to think about and how emotionally she was touched by this announcement. Wow, you're going to give birth to the Christ child and the Holy Spirit of God is going to overshadow you and He's going to be called the Son of God. Well, I mean, that is, that's quite an announcement, isn't it? And then the Bible says that the shepherds announced, announced that it was true in chapter 2 and verse 20. And I won't have time to read all of this. But the hosts of heaven announced it in chapter 2 and verse 13. I mean, the hosts of heaven, the heaven was filled with the heavenly hosts. I believe, I believe that those are a multitude of various peoples and, and characters in heaven that came down to announce this. It really doesn't say they sang, but they announced this thing and they rejoiced in heaven. There was all kind of good things that was going on in heaven that night. And I mean, the shepherds saw it and, and they came where he was and, and they worshipped him. And, and then, how about his star? He had his own star. Of course, he was the star of the whole thing, amen? But that star, you read about that star. I hope that during the Christmas season... You read, as I have done, again, the story of all of this. I mean, that star came out of heaven. They say, well, some of the ast astrologers, astrology, right? Astro is that it? Astronomy? Astronomy or astrology? You guys are students. Can't you get me straight here? Well, anyhow, they said it. <laughs> I mean, some today of these great stargazers say that one time in the history there was a star. I don't believe any of that. I believe that was his star. It wasn't something that happens every 10,000 years or, or every 10 million years or, or, or something that just happened to have a meteor. Listen, that was his star, and it came and it shone over the place that he lay. That was his announcement. You know, the man who flung the stars out in the sockets knew where they'd land, that guy that made all that, Jesus Christ, the Son of God himself. Why wouldn't he have his own star? All of them are his stars, amen? They all belong to him. Man names them, why, who cares? The Lord's got his own name for each one of them. They all belong to him. 
And so one of the stars come down and shone where he was. I mean, how would you like to have that happen to you? Wow. The wise men came and they worshipped him. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2. They worshipped him. And verse 1 and 2. Even Herod himself was convinced that he was the king of the Jews and that's why he came down and killed all those children. And then God the Father in Matthew uh, chapter, uh, what was it, 3 and verse 17 comes down and says, This is my beloved Son. Hear ye Him. Even God announces, This is my Son. That's why I celebrate Christmas. Because all of that is true. I mean, we could go on for all evening, could we not? And maybe you could preach a better sermon about it than I could about how Jesus came to this earth in the form of that little baby. He was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten Son of God. What a wonderful thing it is. Sure, I believe in Christmas. Yes, I believe in Christmas because Christmas is true. I don't have to get any substantial reason for believing it off of a television from a bunch of drunks and harlots and, and a bunch of crooks and a bunch of unbelievers. I believe it because the Bible says it and I believe the Bible to be true and I believe the coming of Jesus Christ in human flesh as a little baby born in a cattle stall laid in a manger. I have a friend that uh, I think he's the number one archaeologist in the world. He preaches to between 300 and 500 million people a week on television. He's a, he's a famous archaeologist. He went over to Israel and started digging, and he got acquainted with uh, a man, but they call him Moisi, Mo- Moses, uh, the head archaeologist of Israel. This head archaeologist has 70-some archaeologists that work under him. He's the man that built the museums in Jerusalem. And this friend of mine went over there and led this Jewish archaeologist to Christ by digging with him and telling him about what the Bible says about that dig. He was, he was so surprised that it's all in the book, you know. They found the, ta- the, uh, they found the, uh, uh, the uh, tower of Siloam that fell. And they found the finger underneath the tower. They, they found the exact uh, pool uh, of, uh, uh, of uh, Siloam. And the dirt is still there that Jesus mixed up and put on the eyes of the blind man and he came seeing. Next year I'm going to go dig with him. You can go with me if you want to. Boy, it's exciting. And uh, they just recently, and this is not known, just a few of us know it, so keep it a secret, all right? Don't tell anybody. But they've just found Bethlehem. That old, the Bethlehem, that that's, that's not Bethlehem at all. Old Bethlehem's found in another place entirely. You know what they found? They found the cave now where Jesus was born, the real cave. It's still there. They've been digging on it and digging on it for a long time. They found it. He's put a big fence around it. Put a guard on it, no so nobody get. He said, I don't want the government in there. I don't want anybody in there. I don't want any archaeologists. They'll steal a bunch of the stuff out of there. I want it to be just like it is. And he said, I'll open up when I get ready. But they found the exact place. However, that's important to me, but it still doesn't 
it isn't the object uh, of my faith. I believe that Christ was born again because, the, I mean, I believe that Christ was born because the Bible says it. And I celebrate Christmas because it's true. And then I celebrate Christmas because it's a time of giving. John 3.16, amen? Let's quote it together. Can you do it with me? Come on, wake up here. Don't go to sleep on me now. No yawning. If I catch you yawning, I'm going to point you out. You know what yawning means? I'm bored stiff. Let's go home. All right. You get go to sleep when you're tired, but when you're yawning, you're bored. Okay? Don't get bored on me now. Hold, hold on. I'll be through here in a couple minutes. And there's more than one yawning in here. That's why I said it. I don't like to bore people. You know what I mean? Let, let me tell you. Let's, let's quote that John 3.16 together. Okay? Here we go. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son Oh, everlasting life. For God so loved the world that He gave. I like this business of giving, don't you? I really do. Now, I'm going to encourage you to do something this year, Christmas time. Do a little bit of grace giving. Do a little bit of grace giving this Christmas time. You know what grace is? unmerited favor. Do something for somebody that don't merit your favor. Be grace-giving. I mean, the Bible says in uh, Matthew 5, 44, that we ought to pray for them that despitefully use you. You remember that? Your enemies, the Bible says there, they that curse you, they that persecute you, figure out somebody this Christmas. Now listen to me. Are you hearing me? Figure out somebody this year that you don't like. Now there's some of you here. You, I mean all of us have people we don't like, right? Sure we do. Some of you don't like your mother-in-law. And I'm married to one. Not my mother-in-law, but other kids' mother-in-law. They say that the only trouble with being a grandpa is you've got to be married to a grandma. Maybe it's the other way around. <laughs> but uh, figure out somebody you don't like. Maybe somebody that has despitefully used you. You ever have anybody despitefully use you? Sure you have. You've had people do you despiteful things or said despiteful things. Pick them out, and this year, instead of doing something for somebody you really like, do something for them. It'll be the best exercise in Christian character building that you'll ever have in your life. I'm telling you, it will. How about somebody that's your enemy? Figure out, now, I have an enemy. Do something good for your enemy. Or they that curse you or persecute you. Do a little bit of grace giving this year. The Bible talks about the grace of giving in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Jesus did, didn't he? I mean, he was like his father. You know, John chapter... Well, throughout the book of John, you'll find Jesus substantiating... <coughs> excuse me. Substantiating his position with his father. And he was like his father. Now, we ought to be like our heavenly father. Amen? 
Matthew 5, 45. If you want to write it down. We ought to be like Him. And if we're like Him, then we're going to do something good for somebody that's hard to do something good for with, good for. I know that you're all going to buy your mother a Christmas present and you're all going to, you're all going to do this and you'll be at home and you'll, you'll send Christmas messages and cards and all that to people you love and, and the ones you like the best, you'll send a little note with them and all that. Figure you out somebody you don't like. Do a little bit of gift giving. Uh, a little bit of grace giving. And you know what you'll do? By doing that, you'll be doing it for Jesus. You know, he said, to the least of these, my brethren, figure out one of the least. And do something for the least. I remember a story about Conrad. Did you ever hear that story about Conrad? He was a man, not a real man, it's kind of a, in, uh, in fiction, this guy is Conrad. And he has a vision. And in the vision, the Lord says, Conrad, this Christmas Eve, I'm going to come to your house and I'm going to sup with you and I'm going to have fellowship with you at your house this year. Oh, Conrad was so overjoyed. So overjoyed with the idea the Lord was coming to his house Boy, he went out and he started fixing up everything and getting everything ready and prepared. And, I mean, he got the best of the food at his house so the Lord would have something good to eat. He cleaned everything. And, you know, my wife talks about deep down dirt. She always says, you know, they need to clean this place up and get the deep down dirt. He got the deep down dirt out. And uh, he really fixed up his house and he, he, he got it all ready for the Lord to come and visit him, Conrad is his name in, fic in fiction. And boy, he just uh, settled down with a big roaring fire in the fireplace and some good hot sup. Whatever it was that he would fix, Christmas Eve was going to be a special thing because the Lord himself was going to come and visit Conrad. Well, about the time Christmas Eve really got in swing and the Church bells are ringing. There came a knock at Conrad's door. And he said, there's the Lord. He's come to see me. And Conrad went to the door, and instead of the Lord, there was an old woman standing there in rags. And she says, Conrad, I'm cold. I'm very cold. Would you let me come in by your fire a minute? I'm traveling, and I'm very cold. Well, he saw the old lady, and Conrad's heart was touched, and he said, well, you can come for a little while, but the Lord's going to come to my house tonight. Please don't get any snow on the floor. I've got the floor waxed and clean. Come, but come in. I, I want you to come in. He came in and set her in the chair. Had, had got all ready for the Lord. He said, well, I can clean it up again. And he ran over and got some sup and brought it to her, hot tea or hot soup or whatever he had. And, and he and made it for her and he set it in her hands and her trembling hands held out and said, Conrad, thank you. This is all I've had all day. And she supped at. He nervously was hoping, well, she'll leave soon. I, I just don't want her to take the place of the Lord here. The Lord's coming and I, I don't want to. 
Finally, she said, well, I, I'm going to go now. And he wished her well and got a coat for her shoulders. Took her rags off and got her a coat, one of his own, and put it on her. And she left happy, full of good, warm food. And he cleaned up again and got everything ready. And sure enough, pretty soon, a knock came at Conrad's door. And now it's the Lord. Uh, the bells are over and it's a little bit late, but the Lord's come, I'm sure. And he ran to the door. And when he got there, there was an old man standing there. All he had was rags on his feet. You know, there's a lot of people in this world who don't have any shoes. I don't know if that bothers you or not, but it upsets me. It really upsets me. Since a little boy, I used to only get a pair of shoes in the fall, and I'd go barefooted all summer, and when I got those new shoes in the fall, I'd sleep with them. I'd take them to bed with me. And I just wish everybody had a brand new pair of shoes at Christmas time. And if I were a rich man, I'd see everybody got a pair of shoes at Christmas. I'd do it. I'd do it. I tell you, I'd do it. I don't know if you would or not, but I would. And I'd rather have everybody have a new pair of shoes at Christmas time as for me to have a big, nice house and all the trimmings. I tell you, I would. And so he went and got him a pair of shoes, brought him in. said, you know, the Lord's coming to my house. You can stay a little while, but it's getting late. And you, I'll, get you, I'll get you one of my coats. And I mean, he, he gave him a hat and a coat and a pair of shoes and and even robbed himself of some of his good things to give the old man. He blessed him and sent him on his way. Boy, he thought, well, some of these things I was kind of waiting to offer the Lord, but I gave him that old man. So he ran right away and got everything all fixed, and sure enough, kind of late, knock came at his door, and he opened the door, and there's a little lost child, Christmas Eve standing outside his door. People always come to Conrad. Conrad had a good heart. And he said, Conrad, I can't find my way home. I'm lost. Conrad said, well, I'll, I'll take you home real quick, but we'll have to run because the Lord's coming to my house at Christmas time, and I just want to, I just want to get this thing going here, and, and, and I'll run. And so he got him, and he bundled him up and held him up in his arms and took him home and got him in his house, and Got him in the arms of his mama that was looking for him. And it was Christmas Eve. And they were going to have a little party at the house. And he got him home on time. And then he ran as hard as he could run back to his house and out of breath. And when he got back, he saw it was after midnight. Christmas, he was over. And the Lord hadn't come to Conrad's house. He said, I wonder if he's been here. I wasn't home. And he left. I never get this chance again. Never get this chance again. The Lord will never probably come this way again. And I missed it. So he went in his bedroom and he got down on his knees and said, Lord, I'm so disappointed. I had this house all clean and your special chair by the fire. And I had this soup all ready. Lord, I, I'm sorry. Maybe he came and I missed you. And boy, I wish you'd have come and could have had the evening with me at my house tonight. The Lord spoke out of heaven to Conrad. And said, well, Conrad, I did come. I came as an old lady. 
in rags. And you gave me something good to eat. I came as an old man with no shoes. You put shoes on my feet. I came to your house as a little lost child and you bundled me up in your arms and you took me home. Conrad, I've been three times at your house tonight. Kind of makes me think of that old song. If I can help somebody as I go along. If I can help somebody in a way with a song. If I can help somebody as I go along, then my living shall not be in vain. Oh, my living shall not be in vain if I can help somebody as I go along then my living shall not be in vain I hope this year you can enjoy Christmas like you've never enjoyed it before pray that God would send you to some of Conrad's acquaintances do a little bit of grace giving this year to somebody that doesn't deserve it. Find you somebody somewhere that you can love and pray with and shed a tear. Find you somebody this year that you can be a blessing to. You know what it'll be? It'll be the greatest time of your life. Let's bow our heads I'm going to ask you some questions tonight. In a moment, I'm going to pray.